Exodus chapter 7, verse 10, and just reading through verse 10, verse 10 to verse 12. Exodus 7, verse 10 through 12. So Moses and Aaron went to Pharaoh and did what the Lord had commanded them. Aaron threw down his staff before Pharaoh and his officials, and it became a serpent. Then Pharaoh called in his own wise men and sorcerers, and these Egyptian magicians did the same thing with their magic. They threw down their staffs, which also became serpents. Oh, yeah. But then Aaron's rod swallowed up their rods or their snakes. Glory to God. Come on, just lift your hands for just a minute. I feel the Holy Ghost already. Open our ears, Lord. We want to hear what is the Holy Spirit saying to us, Lord. What is that word, God, that we need to hear right now? What is that word, God, that will equip us for what we are going through and what we're dealing with, Lord? Holy Spirit, give us ears to hear. Give us a heart that is open to receive from you. Give us, Lord, an understanding of your words, Lord. Holy Spirit, equip us and empower us in the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Amen. There's a word. There's one word that's been jumping in my spirit all through the week, and that's the word fire. Everybody say fire. Fire. Now shout out fire. Fire. (laughs) Now if someone were to run in this house right now, someone were to run in from the back door, someone were to yell fire, the whole atmosphere would change. Hearts would race. Eyes would open wide. The sleeping saints would wake up. Amen. (laughs) Nobody would just sit there. We'd all be looking for the exits. Wondering where the fire is at. Somebody would be running for the fire extinguisher. (laughs) Now I know that's a little graphic, but it's a fact. And the truth is, every one of those activities would be understandable. They would be understandable because if in fact there was a fire, your life could be in danger. But I want to preach to you today about a fire that we don't want to run from. We're not looking for a fire extinguisher. We're not looking for the exit signs. I'm talking about a fire we need to be crying out for. I'm talking about the fire of God. The fire of the Holy Ghost. If I had a message, if I had a title to this message today, I would entitle it, I would call it, this is what I heard in my spirit, fighting fire with fire. Fighting fire with fire. John said, the one who is coming after me, he said, he's mightier than I. I'm baptizing you with water into repentance. But when he comes, he will baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. Hallelujah. What we're seeing in the text that I read to you today is we are seeing a power confrontation between the power of the Egyptians, the power of the devil, and the power of God or the power of hell versus the power of God or hell versus heaven or fire versus fire. I'm compelled to tell you today that the church of the Lord Jesus Christ must catch fire. 
Everybody shout it out. Say, fire. fire. Listen, friend. There's an unholy, satanic, demonic fire that's being unleashed in the earth today. And the sleepy, sloppy, passive, half-hearted, slumbering church and church members aren't qualified to deal with it. Hear what I'm saying. I don't know if you understand what I'm talking about. I don't know if you've seen what's been happening. Facebook is an open window to the world. You know, I don't, I don't, uh, I don't look to it for everything, but there's, there's quite a bit of information you can gather from it. And one thing that I have found out is the witches are coming together to cast hexes and spells on President Trump and on the, uh, on the cabinet. They're trying to hex them and put spells on them. Now, I told you a long time ago that this was not a natural battle. I told you it was a spiritual battle. Why are witches wanting to get involved in this if it's just political? It's not political. It's spiritual. It's a spiritual battle. It's a spiritual warfare. And it has to be fought on spiritual planes with spiritual weapons. And we have to fight fire with fire. Hallelujah. It's going to take a Holy Ghost fire baptized church that can pray heaven down and cast hell out. Hell is on fire. The devil is sending his fire out against the church. The snakes are coming out of the wood pile. They're coming out of hiding. They're, they're standing, witches coming, standing just across from Trump's tower, casting spells and hexes on President Trump and on our White House. Come on, it's time for the church to wake up. It's time for the church to catch fire. It's time for the saints of God to get baptized with the Holy Ghost and fire. We've got power. We've got authority. We've got dominion. But we have to use it. We have to fight fire with fire. Hell is on fire. The devil's sending out his fire against the church. The snakes are coming out of the wood pile. They're coming out of hiding. And listen, I'm telling you today, a bunch of wet blankets won't put the fire out. You've heard the old saying, you've got to fight fire with fire. Well, it's true. When, when Aaron threw down his rod, it turned into a snake. Here come out the other snakes. Can I tell you something? When God established Trump in the White House, God threw down the rod. Hallelujah. And the snakes are coming out of the woodpile. Hallelujah. But I'm telling you, the same God that devoured those snakes and those rods of the Egyptians is the same God we serve today. And we are going to fight fire with fire. And we're not going to lose this thing if the church will rise up, if the church will take hold of God, if the church will cry out for fire. And the power of God is going to come into the church. And we're going to see the glory of God. Even Shakespeare spoke about this fire against fire. He said, be stirring as the time. Be fire with fire. Threaten the threatener and outface the brow of bragging horror. I like that. You say, Pastor, you're laying it on pretty thick. Aren't you? Aren't you? Aren't you? Is it? Surely it's not that bad. Friend, listen to me. If you think that, you must be kin to Rick Van Winkle. He fell asleep. Woke up 20 years later and thought it was the same day and thought everything was the same. It's not the same. It is that bad. Now I'm going to go further. I'm going to tell you. 
Any pastor, any leader, any shepherd that does not sound the fire alarm to his or her sheep, to anyone who is listening and is listening to their listening to their message, if they're not sounding the alarm, they're failing in their calling and they are inviting disaster. It's time for the church of the Lord Jesus Christ to wake up and catch fire. We gotta cry out to God for Holy Ghost fire. The most important thing the ministry can do in this hour is to equip the saints to fight. I believe in prosperity. You know I do. But prosperity is not the most important thing right now. This is no time for the church uh, to rest on her laurels. Uh, This is the time for the church to get on fire. Oh, I said this is the time for the church to catch on fire. So I said that our pastor, he's always talking about the Holy Ghost. He's always talking about the Holy Ghost. Why? Why? I'm telling you something. I don't talk about the Holy Ghost. I don't preach and teach about the Holy Ghost just because I think it would be neat for you to speak in tongues. I talk about the Holy Ghost. I preach about being baptized with the Holy Ghost and fire because hell is being unleashed against the church and the world. And the only thing that can qualify you, equip you, and empower you is the power of the Holy Ghost and fire. You've got to have fire to fight fire. You've got to have power to fight power. You've got to have an anointing from above to fight the anointing from beneath, from beneath. And let me tell you, the devil is anointed, but greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. Hallelujah. 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 The only thing that can qualify us and equip us and empower us is the power of the Holy Ghost. Our God is a consuming fire. That's what the Bible says. Who does He baptize with the Holy Ghost and fire? Those who have been washed in His blood. The Holy Ghost baptism is a fire baptism. You cannot separate the fire from the Holy Ghost. Fire has always been, always will be, a symbol of the Lord's presence among His people. God led the children of Israel through the wilderness by a cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. God appeared to Moses and commissioned him in a flame of fire out of the midst of a burning bush. In Exodus 19.18, When God came down to speak to His people, the Bible says Mount Sinai was altogether a smoke because the Lord descended in fire and smoke thereof ascended as the smoke of a furnace and the whole mountain quaked greatly. And the sight of the glory of the Lord was like devouring fire in the sight of the people. When Ezekiel saw the glory of the Lord, here's how he described it. Upon the likeness of the throne was the likeness of the appearance of a man above upon it. And I saw as the color of amber, as the appearance of fire, round about within it, from the appearance of his loins even upward, from the appearance of his loins even downward, I saw as it were the appearance of fire, and it had brightness round about it. Everybody say fire. Fire. 
Say, our God is a consuming fire. You know what that means? That means anything that gets close to God is going to catch fire. That means anything that has a semblance of God has the touch of fire on it. Our God is a consuming fire. Hallelujah. If you look at some churches, you'd think our God is an ice cube. But I came to tell you, He's not an ice cube. He's a consuming fire. And He wants to set you on fire. Hallelujah. Shataya. When Elijah left planet earth, it was in a chariot of fire and horses of fire. Fire has always been an identifying characteristic of the people of God. Leviticus 6 and 12, the fire shall always be burning on the altar. It shall never be put out. Fire is heaven's witness that we are God's property. Fire is heaven's witness that God is in our midst. Fire is a purifier. Fire brings hidden things to light. Fire empowers. Oh, glory to God. Hallelujah. Somebody say, we need the fire. Somebody say, Lord, send the fire. Now listen, as Elijah met the false prophets of Baal upon Mount Carmel, there was a great confrontation between religion and relationship with God. Between a form of godliness and the power of godliness. Between the works of men and the power of God. Such was the confrontation, so real was the confrontation, that there could only be one deciding factor. The God that answers by fire, let Him be God. Oh, hallelujah. The God that answers by fire, let Him be God. When Elijah had finished rebuilding the altar, preparing the sacrifice, setting the wood in order, after the false prophets of Baal had cried aloud unto Baal, had pleaded with Baal, had cut themselves with knives and lances, and blood gushed out all over them and all over the altar, and then it was Elijah's turn. Elijah stepped up and prayed a very simple prayer. And when he prayed, the Bible says, he said, God, let it be known that I am your servant, and I have done all these things at thy word. And the Bible said, the fire of the Lord fell from heaven and consumed the offering. It consumed the sacrifice. It consumed the wood and the stones and the dust that was in the trench and all the water that was on the sacrifice when the fire fell. Everybody say fire. fire. Say fire of God. Fire of God. Listen. Then the fire fell. It consumed the burnt sacrifice, the wood, the stones, the dust licked up the water that was in the trench. Fire is heaven's answer to our prayers. It is heaven's solution for our weakness. Elijah prayed, Hear me, O Lord, hear me, that this people may know that Thou art the Lord God, and Thou hast turned their heart back again. Fire, watch this, fire is heaven's witness to an acceptable sacrifice. Anytime God finds an acceptable sacrifice, He testifies, oh God, and He responds to it, and He answers from heaven by fire. Hallelujah. First Chronicles 21 and 26, David built there an altar to the Lord, 
He offered burnt offerings and peace offerings. He called upon the Lord. And the Bible says God answered him from heaven by fire upon the altar of burnt offering. Second Chronicles 7 and 1. When Solomon had made an end of praying, the fire came down from heaven. It consumed the burnt offering and the sacrifices and the glory of the Lord filled the house. I said it. Fire is a witness to an acceptable sacrifice. Paul said, I beseech you, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And when God sees your life presented to Him as a holy, acceptable sacrifice, He will consume it with holy fire. You see, I'm not just talking about being touched. I'm not just talking about being blessed. We're used to a God that blesses us. We're used to a God that touches us. We're not used to a God that possesses us. But I'm talking about a God that just doesn't want to touch you on Sunday morning. I'm talking about a God that just doesn't want to hear you talk about it on Sunday morning. I'm talking about a God that will possess you in Walmart, possess you in the beauty salon, possess you at the swamp meet. I'm talking about a God who the fire of God will consume your life. People get used to a God that they can put in a little box. Let me tell you something. Your God, your God is bigger than that. Amen. Amen. I'm going to tell you something else. Don't mess around with God. No. That's right. That's right. Don't think you can play games with God. Don't think you can jerk God around. I'm telling you, He'll slap you down in a heartbeat. You're messing with the same God that smoked Ananias and Sapphira. You know the reason some people get away with the stuff they get away with? They get away with their sin. They get away with their lust. They get away with their deception. They get away with it. It's because the atmosphere has not become powerful and holy enough. But when that atmosphere becomes holy enough, and when God's power and when God's presence is saturating that atmosphere, sin won't be able to be comfortable. Sin can't stay. Corruption can't stay. Somebody say, well, what do we do? We just keep them out. Oh, no, 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 no. No. Everyone is welcome to come. But when the power of God is present, when holiness is present, when the anointing of God is present, sin cannot remain in the presence of God. Sin cannot be comfortable. Don't tell me that you can be a liar and a cheater and a fornicator and a whoremonger and you can sit down in a church and you can never feel convicted and you never feel the power of God begin to arrest your heart and deal with your heart. You, I'm talking about the fire of God. I'm talking about the fire of God that will burn you up. Uh, the fire of God that will burn sin out of you. The fire of God that will burn drugs out of your system. I had a friend one time, this man was a drug addict. But in one moment's time, the fire of God went through his body and burned out every trace of drugs out of his system. He never touched it again. I'm talking about the power of God. The fire of God is real. The fire of God will burn cancer out of your body. It'll do what radiation cannot do. It'll burn every cell out of your body and you'll be healthier and better off than you were before. Hallelujah! The fire of God is real! I pray for a lot of things through the week, but I'm telling you at the top of my list and priority number one is God send the fire of the Holy Ghost upon my life and God send the fire upon Grover Beach Pentecostal Church of God. We've got to have the fire of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Wherever there's hungry hearts, the fire will burn. 
The fire of God will burn out everything that's not like Him. The fire of God will burn out of your life drug addiction. It'll burn lust out of your life. It'll burn fear. It'll burn anger. It'll burn hatred. It'll burn murder. It'll burn unforgiveness. It'll burn prejudice and pride. It'll burn it out of your life. What the problem is in a lot of places, we preach God too small. I was preaching one time on the fear of God, and it's all through the Bible. The fear of the Lord tendeth to life. He that has it shall abide satisfied. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. All through the Bible, they understood the fear of God. Can I tell you, my beloved saints, that it was Aaron. How many know Aaron was Moses' brother? Aaron was a priest. You couldn't get much closer to God than Aaron. And yet it was Aaron's sons that were also priests that offered up strange fire to God. And the Bible said the fire of God came out from before the presence of God and consumed them. And when Aaron went to complain about it and tell Moses about it, yeah. Moses told me, he said, well, those that have to that approach God have to be holy. Aaron, shut up. What can you say? He knew. They knew. That's the fire of God I'm talking about. We preach God too small. We preach God so small that people think they can put him in their purse and take him home with them. Like a rabbit's foot. Oh, God, I need a little help. Aladdin's lamp. We tell you, this God we serve is awesome. This God we serve is mighty. This God we serve is so powerful that when the children of Korah got mad at Moses and started disputing with Moses, the Bible says that the earth opened up and they all went in and then the earth swallowed, the earth closed back up. It was like, okay, goodbye. Now you see him, now you don't. They were there, they were not there. <laughs> That's the God we serve. There's some people came after Elijah one day. They said, the king wants to see you. Come down from there. He said, if I be a man of God, let fire come down from heaven. And 50 people were burned up to a crisp. King sent another 50. He said, go down there and tell that man of God I want to see him now. They went back there. They, they said, the king said you got to come down right now. He said, if I be a man of God, let fire come down from heaven. <laughs> Crispy critters. <laughs> Here comes the next 50. And the captain. And he falls on his knees. He says, oh, man of God. Have mercy upon me. And of all these that are with me, if you would, <laughs> I tell you, our God is awesome. He's awesome. There are too many people, they want to know God just as a blesser. But God is not just a blesser, He's a possessor. Yeah. 
He wants to possess you. He wants to fill you and flow through you. He wants to make you a channel of His power. That's His whole plan. His whole plan is to possess you and make you a channel of His power. His whole plan is to make you a firebrand. Just like those foxes when Samson set them on fire. He set them on fire, put a firebrand between them, and the Bible said they took off, they burned up the Philistines' fields, they burned up their corn, they burned up their olive orchards, they burned up their vineyards, hallelujah. They just ran with the fire. That's what God wants. God wants to set us on fire so we can run with the fire. Woo! Hallelujah! Glory to God. Somebody says, why would you yell like that? You know why you yell like that? Your tail was on fire. <laughs> That's right. Also, <laughs> We've got to forget that nonsense. Our God is awesome. Our God is awesome. He's almighty. You know how you know how awesome our God is? You say, I can sit right here and think anything I want to think. I think I don't like his hair. I think I think I don't like his cologne. I think I don't like his. I don't like weak bridges. You know what? Look, this is what the Bible says. I think I wish he'd shut up so I could go to the buffet table. Listen, listen. Here's what the Bible says. God knows your thoughts afar afar off. God knows your thoughts before they even get to you. The Bible says He knows your down sitting, He knows your uprising. God knows when you came in and sit down, He knows what you plan to do when you leave. Our God is awesome. David said, Such thoughts are too high for me. They're too wonderful for me. He said, If I go to hell and I build my put my bed down there, he said, You're right there. Can't get away from you. He said, if I climb up into the heaven and I put my bed up there among the stars, he said, even there your head will reach me. I can't get away from you. He said, you've heard him talk about the long arm of the law? Well, the long arm of the law ain't nothing compared to the long arm of God. That's right. Hallelujah. Our God is a consuming fire. God wants to consume you. He wants to set you on fire. He wants to make you a fire brand. Here's what the Bible says. Hebrews 1 and 7. Of the angels, he says, he maketh his angels spirits and his ministers a flame of fire. Oh, hallelujah. That's what God wants in you. That's what he wants in me. He wants flames of fire. Hallelujah. He doesn't want ice cubes. Glory to God. He wants flames of fire. Hallelujah. He wants everyone you touch to catch on fire. If you're on fire and you touch somebody, they'll catch on fire. Hallelujah! You're supposed to be able to transfer this anointing and transfer this power and communicate this anointing and let it flow through you. 
hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. You know what some people, they look at Christians and they say, they say, you know what, if that's what being a Christian is, I don't want it. You know why? Because some Christians are so wimpy and so lukewarm and so indifferent and so cold and so half-hearted and so passive that you can't even tell the difference between them and the world. I'm telling you, the world don't want that. The world wants somebody that's real. They want somebody that's on fire. They want somebody that believes in what they say and their whole life is invested in it. Hallelujah. Somebody said, well, you know, Pastor, preaching like that, we may never get a full house. (laughs) Oh, yeah, we will. There will be hungry people, thirsty people, people that want to be free, people that want to be delivered, people that want to live right, people that are sick of sin. I don't want to build a church full of lukewarm believers. I don't want to build a church full of people that are just just happy to receive and and get to go to heaven when they die. (laughs) Well, that's all I really care about, Pastor. I know. But that's not what God cares about. If that was all God cared about, He'd just save you and (laughs) take you home. He didn't save you just so you can go to heaven. He saves you until you bring heaven to earth. Your kingdom come, your will be done. That's what he saves us for. He saves us to go to work. He saves us to manifest his kingdom. He saves us to bring in a harvest. He saves us to reach the lost. He saves us to destroy Satan's work in the earth. And I'm telling you, I've been been on this. You might call it my soapbox, but I'm telling you, I'm going to tell you something. We better get on fire because hell's fire is being unleashed. It's not a joke. It's for real. This is a battlefield. It's not a recreation room. It's not a cruise ship. It's a battleship. You better understand, hell is real. The devil's power is real. He's angry. He's mad. He's out to destroy the church. And what he's manifesting against the White House and against Trump, it's against the church. Right. And we better understand it before it turns full circle to the church. We better understand it and we better put our prayer power against the power of the devil. New. This isn't anything new. There was a bunch of people that joined together in a vow against Paul the Apostle and they said we're not going to eat again ever until he's dead. And they joined together to curse him and put a hex and a spell on him that he would die. And they said we're not going to eat anymore until he died. Well, guess who died first? Amen. So this isn't anything new. It's always been happening. But the devil is getting bold and he's coming out of the woodwork. He's coming out of his hiding places. So you know what that means? It's time to fight fire with fire. It's time for the church to catch fire. It's time for the church to go back to the upper room and cry out for Holy Ghost fire like the apostles did and say, Lord, grant thy servants with all boldness we may speak your word by stretching forth your hand to heal and by the name of thy holy child, Jesus. Yeah, yeah. Oh, we need fire. We need to fire the Holy Ghost more than we need comfort, more than we need prosperity, more than we need blessings, more than we need healing. We need the fire of the Holy Ghost. Yeah, yeah. Amen. Shalom, Come on, lift your hands right now and thank God. Ask Him for the fire. Thank you. 
I'm going to tell you something, when the fire of God fills your life, your family will get saved. When the fire of God fills your life, your husband will feel the fire. Your wife will feel the fire. Your kids will feel the fire. Your loved ones will feel the fire. Everyone you come in contact will feel the fire. They know something's going on in your life. They know something's different. And some of that, and let me just surprise you. Some of those that you thought didn't want nothing to do with God, all of a sudden when they experience the fire and the tangibility and the reality of the transformation that comes to your life through the fire of God, they'll be saying, I want that. I want I don't understand it all, but I want it. Friends, you don't have to understand God to receive God. You just have to want Him. I've seen little kids filled with the Holy Ghost instantly, man. Seven, eight years old, just like Pam, filled with the Holy Ghost just because they're hungry. Amen. Just because they're hungry. Then I've seen people that have been in church for 20, 30 years and, and they want the Holy Ghost and they, they think they're going to get it with their mouth shut. Uh, 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 uh. <laughs> Give it to me, Lord, if you can pry my mouth open. <laughs> and then I've seen some of them come up in front of me. Uh, you know, I'm an evangelist. I've been coming up in front of me chewing gum. What do you want? I want the Holy Ghost. No, you don't. I want to slap him. You want the Holy Ghost. When you want something from God, you get hungry. You come to God. You come God. God, I'm hungry. God, I'm thirsty. Lord, I want everything you have for me, Lord. And you know what? You come to a point where if you're really serious about it, you don't care how long it takes. You come to the altar. You say, God, it don't matter if it takes 20 minutes or if it takes 30 minutes or if it takes six hours. I'm going to be here until you bless me. That's what Jacob said. Jacob said, I won't let you go till you bless me. The angel said, look, we've been wrestling all night and the day is breaking. you got to let me go. And Jacob said, oh, no. We've been with this all night. I'm not going to let you go until you bless me. And the Bible said the angel put forth his hand and smote his thigh and blessed him. You know why? Because that very moment he changed from Jacob the supplanter to Israel. For as a prince you have power with God. Because from that moment on Jacob leaned on Jesus. He leaned on God instead of his own knowledge, his own ability, his own wisdom. Telling you something church. It's fire time. The heat is on. And I'm going to tell you something. This is not one of those things. I remember when I was a young, young kid, be laying in bed at night, and my little brother decides he wants to just talk out loud. 
when everybody's trying to sleep.
school system right now, these little grade school kids that are being taught these perversities, it's time that the church go to battle, it's time the church go to warfare, it's time the church catch fire, it's time the devil felt the heat of the prayers of God's people, oh come on church, come on and pull on heaven asking for fire, Start a fire, Lord. Start a fire. Oh, let it fall. Let it burn. Let hell feel the heat of the fires of your people. Let hell feel the heat of the fires of a blood bought. Holy Ghost fire baptized church. Let hell, let hell feel the heat of the fire of God in the saints of God. Oh, you know this kind of preaching, it, it makes religious people nervous. 
It makes people that are satisfied just to have a church they can call a home church. It makes people like that. It makes them nervous. I'm looking to make people nervous. That's one of the meanings of the word firebrand. It means it unsettles people. A firebrand unsettles things. It disturbs things. It makes people uncomfortable. Why? Because we got to go after God. Why? Because we got to get the fire of the Holy Ghost. Why? Because it's the anointing that destroys the yoke. It's the anointing that sets the captives free. It's the anointing that will drive back the forces of darkness. For I am raising up an army in this day, saith the Lord. I am calling forth an army of believers. I'm calling forth an army that will gird on the armor of God that I have given them and will go forth into battle. I'm not looking for those who are looking for a soft place and a comfortable place to sit down and wait for the rapture bus. I'm looking for those who will gird up their loins with truth, who put on the breastplate of righteousness and the helmet of salvation, who will take the sword of the spirit, the shield of the faith, and their feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace, and they will go forth into battle knowing that I am the Lord of hosts and knowing that I am a man of war and I will fight with you saith the Lord and I will empower you to do battle saith God and together we shall pull down and we shall storm the gates of hell and we shall bring forth a great victory in the earth saith the Lord Oh. Somebody was mentioning to me last week, we're leaving service, talking about how we have to be alert. We can be worshipful, but we have to be alert. I have a Bible in one hand, or the work of the Lord in one hand, and the sword in the other hand. Right. We cannot be asleep. You cannot be asleep. And I'm going to tell you something, and I'll be mean about it. But we cannot just throw it all up to God either and say, Lord, here you go. Fix it. No. Because He's made us responsible. He's made us responsible for this generation, He's made us responsible for our loved ones. I said it this morning, and I'm going to say it again. If you don't pray for your children, your sons, your daughters, your loved ones, your husbands, your wives to be saved, you got no right to expect them to be saved. That's right. You got no right. You got to pray. You got to pray. Hell has to feel the fire of your prayers. 
I don't know what it does to you to think that witches come right out in the open and throw spells and curses against our White House. It's our White House. That's our government that's trying to bring some right into this land for a change, thank God. Man. That's our government. And we've got we've to intercede. We've got to pray. We've got to understand you do have power, but it only works if you use it. We do have authority, but it only works if we use it. If the church sits back and does nothing, the devil is going to run free course. He's going to take over. But I'm not, I'm not up for that. I'm not up for that. I'm up for seeing the revival. I'm up for seeing the greatest, the greatest harvest of souls that we have ever seen. The greatest outpouring and the greatest manifestation of the Spirit of God that planet Earth has ever seen. That's what I'm up for. Hallelujah. One more time, lift your hands all over this church. And I want you to pray for revival. Pray for revival in this church. Pray for revival in our city. Pray for revival in this community. Pray for revival in this state. Come on, pray for revival. Pray for an awakening. God, we pray for revival, Lord. We pray for revival, God. We pray, oh God, for an awakening in the United States of America. We pray for a divine reversal of the plans and schemes of the enemy. We pray for a fire, God, holy fire. Send a mighty fire, a mighty heavenly fire, a divine fire of the Holy Ghost, Lord, to sweep this country, to sweep this nation, to bring us back to you, God. Revival in our churches, revival in our homes, revival in our families. I pray for the fire of God in our school system. I pray for the fire of God in our churches. I pray for the fire of God in our homes. I pray, oh God, that every believer, every child of God will become a firebrand, Lord. They'll become a firebrand, Lord. They'll carry the fire of the Holy Ghost everywhere they go, God. God, that they'll invade the darkness. God, that they'll penetrate the darkness with the light of truth and the fire of the Holy Ghost. Lord God, will baptize every one of us, Lord. Fire, Lord Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. I want you to turn and look at somebody and take them by the hand. And I want you to look at them and I want you to tell them. Tell them, I love you. I love your children. I love your family. I am not going to stand by and watch the devil destroy your family, destroy your life, or your children's life. We're in this together. It's a war. And we're in this army together. I'm going to pray with you, intercede for you, for your children, for your husband, for your wife, for your family, for the fire of God. Lord, to come into your life in every area. Now I want you to pray for that person right now that you're holding hands with. Just pray for them right now that the fire of God will come into every area of their life. You're praying for their children. You're praying for their sons. You're praying for their daughters. You're praying for husbands and wives. In the name of Jesus. Lord, I release the fire of God. Lord, from the top to the bottom. Lord, nieces and nephews. Lord, brothers and sisters. Lord, of us. Aunts and uncles, husbands and wives. God, I decree a mighty outpouring of your spirit. Let the fire of 
Lord. Burn in their homes. Burn in their lives, God. Burn sin out, God. Burn corruption out, Lord. Burn a hunger and a desire for your word into their lives. Oh, God, draw them out of their dark places. Draw them out of their closed places, God. Draw them out of the darkness into the light. Put a hook in their jaw, Lord. God, not one of them will perish. Not one of them will be lost. Not one of them, Lord, will become a slave to Satan. But you will draw them out. You will rescue them. You will deliver them. You will set them free. You will heal them in their minds. You will heal them in their bodies, in their emotions. God, I thank you for miracles that are being released in this house right now. I thank you for miracles that are coming into families. I thank you for miracles of salvation. I thank you for miracles of deliverance and breakthrough, God. I thank you for this firepower that you've given to us. I thank you you're raising up prayer warriors. I thank you are raising up men and women who understand the power of prayer, who understand this great weapon of prayer, Lord. Oh, 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 the snakes are out. The snakes are out, but greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world. Just like Aaron's snake devoured the Egyptian snake, the word of God will devour. The power of the Holy Ghost will devour every snake, every evil plot, plan, scheme, and assignment of hell. In Jesus' name. Give the Lord a good hand clap. Praise the Amen. 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 Now just shake hands. Love one another. Next man. Amen. We're in an army together. This is this is war, but we're in it together and it makes a difference. Hallelujah. God bless you. I'm glad I'm in this with you. Hallelujah.